You're listening to the Jewel City Podcast. Make sure to rate the podcast and share with your friends. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. We have something for all ages or online at 10 a.m. Make sure to check out our live groups or small groups. May 1st at 6 p.m., the Isaacs will be with us. You can get tickets at jccwb.org slash Isaacs or call the general office. In this podcast, we'll hear a message from Pastor Robert. If you have your Bibles, you see there years ago, I used to say that every Sunday, you all forgot your response. If you have your Bibles, and you should have, turn with me to the book of Acts, chapter 1, verse 8. And while you're going there, you know, when you walk into your own home, if there's a key piece of furniture missing, you will know it. So when you walked in here this morning, I'm sure you noticed Pastor Carrie uh, was not up here. She's seated. She is not in time out. She's been a good girl, but she's had some minor surgery uh, this week. And it was kind of funny, you know, I had surgery uh, three and a half weeks ago and she was telling me, you don't need to be there. You just need to stay home and get some rest. So I didn't think she was gonna be here this morning. She walked in the back, I said, you don't need to be here. You just need to stay. She's starting to act like me. That's that's exactly right, oh no. The title of the message is Push. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor. Do you need a push? They was, my family was teasing me last week the way I said, I think last week I said something about push or something, I don't know. So they got me terrified that I'm gonna say it wrong. I know you just sit down, but how about getting back up? Out of reverence for the reading of the word of God, if you're able. Do you need a push? Push. Do you need somebody to shove you? (laughs) I can use some AC right now. You all making me sweat. Let's get some AC in the house. All right. (laughs) Acts chapter one, verse eight. But you shall receive power. Somebody say power. After that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you And you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. Amen. You may be seated to believers. In the first church, but are we a church of believers here today? The believer's equipping power was to be the Holy Spirit. The, the disciples had asked the, about the kingdom. They'd asked the Lord about the kingdom, about the positions of leadership and the authority that Christ had promised. So the point here is very critical. They were to receive power, but not the power of this earth, nor the power of position, nor the power of recognition, nor the power of supervision, fame, wealth, 
politics, etc. That's what they were looking for. Their power was to be a spiritual and a supernatural. It was to be the very power of God himself, the presence of God and the spirit of God. Listen to me this morning. There's a little restaurant in Summit Park right there in Clarksburg that I like to go to. It's called Tubby's. <laughs> well, I set myself up there, didn't I? You all just a bunch of wise guys this morning. So I go to Tubby's. It's owned by Tony and Kathy Lucenti. And I love that little place. And they got the best steak hoagies in the world. And every time we go there, my wife says, do you want to share one? And then we can share a salad. And I give her this kind of look. You share your hoagie with somebody if you want to, but I'm eating mine. She wants to half it, and then, you know, she only nibbles, so I get my half and then a third of hers. And we laugh, but that's the way a lot of Christians are. They want two thirds of God. Many believers settle for a two third God, relying on God the Father and God the Son, but they overlook the Holy Spirit, the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit, the Trinity want to rely on God the Father and the Son, but that's as far as they want to go. So today I feel like I'm in the teaching mode. Zechariah chapter four, verse six, this is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. After the Jewish people experienced exile in Babylon, King Cyrus of Persia allowed 50,000 of them to return to Jerusalem and to rebuild the temple under Zerubbabel, governor of Jerusalem. Now I want you to listen, the key message that Zechariah experienced is contained in verse six. He said, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. The work of the rebuilding of the temple would only be accomplished by God's spirit and not by any human power or nature. And I'll tell you today, I believe that America needs rebuilt. I believe that poosh or however you wanna say it, they have been pushing and pushing and pushing. And this is not a political message at all. But we're going to learn how we can push back. So you can rebuild the temple, but it's not going to be done by might nor power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. So Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16, know ye not that you are the temple of God and that the spirit of God dwelleth in you. 
Your body, my body, is the temple of God, and we that are believers, the Spirit abides in you and I. And how are we going to push back? It's by having the Spirit, not by our power, not by our might, but by the Spirit of the Lord God Almighty. Give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. Your Bible refers to more than a hundred times about the Holy Spirit. In fact, on the eve of his departure, as he prepared his followers to face the future without him, he made a promise. In Acts chapter one, verse eight, but you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you. He promised power. He did not promise immediate success. He did not promise the absence of disease or the absence of struggle. People get caught up. They say, well, I'm walking with the Lord, but I still have disease. My children, they have struggles. Never once did the Lord promise us that we would not have struggles. In Psalms 27 and five, he actually said, for in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion, in the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me, he shall set me upon a rock. Now if we were to never have trouble in our life, he would have never made the promise for in the time of trouble. You will have trouble in this life. But man, when you filled up with the spirit of God, you know who's got you. You know that everything is gonna be all right. You can swing a cross tail on a noodle and holler boo at the devil because you know that God is on your side. I wonder if God is on anybody's side in this house this morning. Give God a crazy shout of praise. Woo! I said I felt like teaching, but I think I slid right into preaching. He made that promise. He never guaranteed a level of income. He never guaranteed popularity. Never once. But he did promise perpetual, empowering presence of the Holy Spirit. Not a one-time encounter when you was born again, but a perpetual, every single day, we have the opportunity to be filled with his spirit and his presence. But he did not promise that life would be easy. Do you hear what I'm saying this morning? Power from the Holy Spirit is not limited to strength beyond the ordinary, uh, uh, you know, doing great miracles. Uh, the power that I'm talking about involves courage every day. Courage to walk with God. Courage to stand strong in the midst of a messed up culture. Courage to be able to stand with love. Courage to be able to know that you've got the boldness. And it's not cockiness, it's the boldness of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not weak. Do you hear what I'm saying? A lot of people look at Christians and say they're just a bunch of weak people that need a crutch. No, I'm a weak person that needed a savior and once the savior showed up and moved in, I don't need your crutch no more because I got Jesus. Somebody say amen. Boldness and confidence, insight and ability and authority. Jesus promised the disciples that they would receive power to witness after they received the Holy Spirit. Oftentimes, I, I share with people, have you witnessed to, to, to that individual? No, I, I just can't do that. I, it's just not in me. I, I don't know how to talk. Listen to me. 
When the Spirit of God lives in you, it will give you power. That's what he said. I did not say that. You've got to pray and ask God to give you that kind of power that not in, in arrogance, but when God opens a door, you will have the power of the Holy Ghost living inside of you that you will be able to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. You're not the timid person that you used to be because God is not timid and God has taken up residence inside of your temple and when God comes out, everybody will know that there is something different living inside, someone different living inside of you than you. Oh my goodness gracious. He didn't promise that everything would be easy. Listen to me, the Holy Spirit is the central. It's, it's central to the life of a Christian. Everything. From the book of Acts to the book of Revelations, everything that took place is the result of the work of the Holy Spirit of Christ. The Spirit came alongside the disciples and indwelled them and gave the early church the push that they needed to face the challenges. There are so many challenges in America and around the world that you and I have to face and the only way we can face it is for the Holy Spirit to push us in the right direction through all three expressions of the Godhead. And all three are active, but in this time, in this season, the Holy Spirit is taking the front row. Do you hear what I'm saying? The Spirit promises to give us a push and P stands for power. Somebody say power. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I need that power. He promises that power to the saint of God. If you're here this morning and you have never accepted Christ, that means the Spirit of God has never entered into you. You do not have the power of God. But before you leave today, through humbling yourself, admitting that you're a sinner, asking God to forgive you, the Spirit will fill you and you can walk out of this building with the power of God. If you believe that, give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. He is the force behind creation. I wanna to read to you out of Psalms 104 and 27. These wait all upon thee, that thou mayest give them their meat in due season, that thou givest them they gather, thou openest thy hand, they are filled with good, thou hidest thy face, they are troubled, thou takest away their breath, they die, and they return to their dust. Thou sendest forth thy spirit, they are created, and thou renewest the face of the earth. This Psalm tells us of his sovereignty in history and all of creation. God has supreme, unlimited power over the entire universe. Not the White House, not the schoolhouse, not the left, not the right. My God is still in charge. God is still over the entire universe. And when God speaks, things happen. Give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. He creates, he preserves, he governs. And as we understand God's power, we realize that he is sufficient to handle our lives. And when I try to handle my own life, my life begins to come apart. When you try to handle your own marriage, your own marriage will begin to decay. 
When you try to lead your kids in your way, your kids are going to go astray. But when you come to a point in life that you say, God, I can't do it on my own. Every time I've tried, God, I've messed up. When you get to that place uh, and you say, Holy Spirit, you guide me, you direct me, you speak through me, and you walk in the presence of the Spirit of God, you'll see things in your life begin to flourish like you've never seen it before. If you've identified, can you testify and give God a hand clap and a shout of praise? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You say, well, I just take care of my own life. No, you'll mess your own life up. You'll mess your own life up. I'm talking, I've been there and I still struggle at times when self gets in the way, the wheels begin to fall off. Listen to me, every unfolding flower is a fingerprint of God's spirit. Springtime, I know there's supposed to be a flower behind me right now. Springtime is a new beginning and everything begins to unfold. How about you walking out of here today in a new beginning? How about you walking out of here today and everything unfolding and you say, God, I surrender. God, I need your power. Does anybody at Jewel City need the power of God? Can you give him another hand clap and a shout of praise? Many people today are too arrogant. They don't think they need God. They don't think they need God's spirit. Can I tell you, when he takes his spirit back, everything will die. Listen to what Job says in 34 and 14. If he set his heart upon man, if he gather unto himself his spirit and his breath, all flesh shall perish together and man shall turn again unto dust. The Spirit of God is a life-giving force to creation. When God takes that breath from me, it'll be all over. And every one of us is gonna die. But you and I that has the Spirit of the living God, this old temple, this old body will die. It will go back to dust. But to be absent from the body for the believers to be present with the Lord. And I thank God for his spirit. I believe it was his spirit that gave my wife the wisdom to get me to the hospital a little over a year ago. I believe it was the spirit of God that has saved me time and time again. I've got angels encamped all around me. God is taking care of me. God is taking care of you. God is worthy. He is able to take care of you. You ought to put your hands together and thank God for his spirit. Hallelujah. As the Spirit has His way in your lives as a believer, there's a transformation that takes place. I don't go where I used to go. I don't talk like I used to talk. I shared it once before, but a couple years ago, I picked up something very heavy. Uh, it was one of them umbrellas uh, attached to the concrete, and I picked it up by the umbrella part, and it snapped off and that concrete, and I had flip-flops on, and landed on my foot, and I was a one-legged man, jumping all around the patio, screaming like a panther. I looked over, my wife's laughing. I said, what are you laughing about? One thing for sure, you don't cuss. I don't talk like I used to talk. Do you hear me? 
the believers begin to think the way God thinks when the Holy Spirit comes in. If you've got the Spirit of God, you begin to think like God. I ask you a question, are you thinking like God? When the Spirit of the living God comes in, you begin to love the way that God loves. Or can you only love those that love you? It's a difficult time. I had a guy last night give me a little sign language, but I still love him. A few years ago, I probably drove through his front porch. But when the Spirit of God comes in you, you can love like God loves. You're supposed to walk in the power of God. If you got your head down all the time, get your head up. If you're always defeated, if your cup is half empty all the time, how come it can't be filled up? Maybe you need another trip. Get under the spout where the glory comes out. You need an experience. We need a manifestation of God in our lives. Can somebody say amen? To be able to walk in the power. The power includes the fruit of the Spirit. In Galatians 5 and 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. This fruit happens only when there's a relationship. You sever the branch from the tree, forget the fruit. Forget the fruit. Do you hear me? So we also enjoy some gifts of the Spirit. And I want to read this to you today. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 8. Four to one. Somebody say one. Is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. Now the writer says it's given to one, to another. Somebody say another. The word of knowledge. By the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit. To another the working of miracles. To another prophecy. To another discerning of spirits. To another divers kinds of tongues. To another the interpretation of tongues. But all, somebody say all. all. These worketh that one and the self same Spirit. Now listen. Dividing to every man as he will. He can give the person as he wills. And his gifts are many and his gifts are varied. And I got to reading and I got to praying and I, things begin just dropping in my spirit. The Holy Spirit knows each saint. He knows you, Indy. And he knows the needs of each church. He dis distributes gifts according to what the church will need in a particular region and in a particular season. We were not able to handle 20 years ago what we can handle today. Every region has a different need. But we want to be so narrow-minded that we want to tell the Holy Spirit what our region and what our church needs. Last time I checked, he still got. And the day after. The Holy Spirit knows each saint. Do you hear me? 
Very important, one believer has one gift and another believer has another. Some have multiple. But both have come from the Spirit of God. So whatever gift you have that the Spirit has given you, you ought to praise God for it. You ought to praise God for it. When gifts are active, the church is empowered to do the work for which that church is intended. For this reason, we should not begrudge the talents and the gifts of another believer or the accomplishments of another church. For many years, we drove around, flew around, looking at other churches, and never once, Rusty, did we ever leave begrudging that church. We actually sowed into it. The Holy Spirit knows what we need. When church members do the same, the result is power. And the result also from that power is the second letter to the title of the message, which I'll not say. Unity. Unity. You need to hear me. Ephesians chapter four, verse three. Endeavoring, and I've never seen this before, to keep, somebody say keep, the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Saints are to never to create unity. The Holy Spirit creates unity. The saints of God are to what? Keep the unity. The unity that the Spirit provides. When a person comes to Christ, the Spirit of God enters his life and he binds that person to all other believers. All differences, all differences should be set aside. And the spirit of love and peace and unity should exist. Now I'm gonna share something I didn't plan on sharing. Some people say, that's Robert's church. This is not Robert's church. They say that because I, in their eyes, are the founder of Jewel City. But the founder is Jesus. So this ain't Robert's church. You've never heard me say Robert Search. You've never heard me say my people. Never, not gonna happen. Unity, 28 years with different board members. 28 years, never been an argument in a board meeting, never. Never been somebody raising their voice, never. Cause we're in unity with the Holy Spirit. And I did write the bylaws. And the board, when they vote, if it's a majority, that's, that's the way we go. Never happened. When we're not all in unity, we table it and we pray about it. What if we could work this in our own homes? Huh? When there is unity, wonder-working power will show up. Do you hear what I'm saying? There's been times I've had, I thought was great ideas. And each board member would look at me and say, Pastor, we don't think that's a good idea. Did I suck my thumb and get mad? I got board members that love God, that love me and love the church, and if every one of them looks at me and says, that's not a good idea, guess what? It's not a good idea. Why don't we try practicing that in our own lives? Let's be unified. Our church is growing leaps and bounds every week. Let me tell you, we are going not to create unity, we are going to keep 
unity for the kingdom of God. Give the Lord a hand clap and a shout of praise. Listen to me, saints, fellowship is not always easy. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, sometimes you get on my nerves. That's right, Carrie. She smacked Bruce. That's a double whammy. <laughs> Fellowship is not always easy, but unity is always possible. I don't like conflict. I don't like tension. Anytime a church experiences fellowship, the spirit of God is to be praised. Do you hear me? When we fellowship together and we get along, the Spirit of God is to be praised. Anytime the church experiences conflict or disunity, the Spirit of God is to be consulted. Sometimes we ought to just keep our mouth shut. Whenever there's a problem, most times, sometimes I fly off the handle. But most times I like to go to my office and go to my closet and I like to pray about it and say, Lord, would you take care of it for me? Because I don't want to have to do it. Lord, keep the unity. All the water in the ocean can't sink a ship, but the water in the ship can sink it. We need to protect it. Stand with me this morning. Anytime the church experiences conflict, the Spirit of God is to be consulted. (laughs) Not Facebook. Makes me sick. I'm just gonna tell it like it is. It grieves me. When someone comes to me and says, you know what so-and-so from the church is putting all over Facebook? Why don't you just crawl up in your closet, get on your face before God. Say, God, I need you. Let's look at the Holy Spirit's to-do list just for reference in Acts 9 and 31. It comforts the believers. There's been times in my life where I hurt not physically, but I hurt. People would share words with me, Bob, and they meant well. One time I was so messed up in my mind and I stayed in bed about three days and the Spirit of God finally showed up. Spirit of God, how important is it to your marriage, to your family, to your finances. The Spirit of God in John 16 and 13 will guide the believer in all truth. Lord, I need you. I used to make decisions, boom, then pay the price. Now I'd rather wait. Romans 8 and 26, it offers prayers of intercession. (laughs) Galatians 4 and 6 bears witness that the saints are saved. I don't need no preacher to tell me I'm saved. I know that I know that I'm right with God. I didn't say I didn't sin, I didn't say I was perfect, but I know that I'm blood covered. The list of his activities is varied and incomplete without the last letter of push, holy. Holy. Spirit of God makes us holy. After all, is that not the name? Holy Spirit? Holy Spirit? Ask yourself this question, how holy are you? I'm not talking about on Sunday morning in church. How holy are you when nobody's around? Paul reminded the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 6 and 11, and such were some of you, but you are washed. 
but you are sanctified, but you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Such were some of us, filthy in sin. Is there anything in your life that, anything in your life that needs to be removed? One life. And I don't think any of us really realize how important that life is until we're standing in the doorway of death. Till we get that bad doctor's report. A year ago, I didn't see it coming. But whatever days I have left on my life, I want to walk in his power. I want to walk in his direction and in his strength. I want wisdom. I want wisdom for every decision I make. Holy Spirit, every decision I make in this body of believers, give us wisdom. How many needs wisdom in a decision in your life right now? Right now. Right now. Galatians 5 and 25, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. If we live in it, let's walk in it. Unity. P for power. U for unity. S for supervision. And H for holiness. Let's walk in His power. Let's be unified. Let's let the Holy Spirit lead our church. Can I be honest with you? I'm going to make somebody mad right here. I'm sure I will. A lot of churches, they're run by a clique. Clique. Or one or two families. And then they wonder why ain't nothing happening. Just because you got a steeple on top of your building don't mean the presence of God is in the house. Where He is, there'll be liberty. There'll be unity. People will love each other. People tell me when they pull in the parking lot, I felt loved when I pulled in the building, when I pulled in the parking lot. And I tell our staff constantly, we got to protect it. I teach in a membership class, new membership class. If you come here with a spirit of, of offense and disagreement on you, get it right or find another church. That may sound mean. But what we have, the spirit of God, let's protect it. Do you need a little push today? Push. Push. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Sometimes the hardest person to be honest with is yourself. Are you a fake? Are you a counterfeit? Do you talk one way here? another way somewhere else? Do you live one way when everyone's around and live a different way when nobody's around? If that's the case, you need the power of God. I wanna give this invitation to the Christians first as my prayer team is down here and they're ready. If you, if you need someone to pray with you, man, and I shouldn't have said my prayer team, our prayer team, I don't like that. Don't leave the building the same way you came. We all got problems. And we all have access to the Lord. If you're here this morning and you're a believer, you've asked Christ into your life and you're going through some struggles right now and you need that push from the Holy Spirit, would you slip your hand up real high right where you're at?
Slip your hand up. Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. Thank you for listening to the Jewel City Podcast. Make sure to rate the podcast and share with your friends. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. We have something for all ages or online at 10 a.m. Make sure to check out our live groups or small groups. May 1st at 6 p.m., the Isaacs will be with us. You can get tickets at jccwd.org slash Isaacs or call the general office.